0: you know, sometimes in life you just need to shake, yeah? Everyone realise that? Sometimes you just need to let it all go and let it all hang out, literally. (laughs) Some of us do that better than others. Anyway, but um, I was just imagining shaking. I could have done all that. (sighs) We need a little bit of seriousness isn't the right word. But what we do need to do is we need to pray for some people. We've got some people that are, are unwell. And I love it because we know that the Bible says to lay hands on the sick. It also says in James, it says, If any one of you is in trouble, he should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. Amen. And um, just while I get to my message... Uh, we've got friends of ours that are in Rise Christian Church, uh, Adam and Beck Mason, and they have a, a few kids, but they've also got a 15-year-old son who goes to the Christian College. And when Lockie was born, he was born 25 weeks Prem. He was a Prem baby, so he's had a really healthy life. He's been great. And about a week ago he got sick, just fell really unwell. Uh, and it's all come to a crunch this weekend, and they've actually t- had to take him to Monash. His kidneys are failing. His blood pressure is through the roof. Um, so they're, they're, he's on plasma so that his kidneys can keep functioning. He's on dialysis. And they really don't know the cause of it. Yeah? Um, the parents are actually exceptionally peaceful at the moment considering. And so I think as a community, as brothers and sisters, an extension of the body that we should uh, pray for Lockie. Um, having said that, there are people within our own you know, community, our own congregation that are unwell. You know, Nick's, his back has been playing up immensely. Uh Grace is not here today. Laurie and Grace aren't here because Grace has actually been bedridden for three days with a severe flu, cold, and just not able to get around. Mel's been carrying it for two weeks. We know that Marion uh, has got a, a doctor's appointment tomorrow because her heart's been racing. There's a, a number of people that have been unwell, and maybe some of you are in that boat. And so this is what I suggest that we're going to do. For those of you that are unwell, can you just put up your hand for a minute? Yeah. Um, ben, can I get you to help me for a second? Let's anoint with oil and let's get people to pray. And let's, while we're praying for those that aren't here, for those that are here, let's pray for you and let's believe that God's going to do a work. So I'll let you do the oiling. If they're really sick, just splash it on. No, 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 don't. <laughs> Ah, church can be fun too, yeah? Even when we're praying for those that are unwell. So if that's you, if you're unwell at the moment, just keep your hand up and we're just going to anoint you with oil. And then if you're sitting next to one of those people, I'm just going to ask that you, you put your hands on them and we're going to pray. We're going to move out in faith and watch the ministry of the body of believers in action. Amen? Now, I'm going to put it out to the kids. You don't have to. I know you're all comfortable and settled. Parents are saying they're settled. (laughs) But if you want to pray for any of those people that need prayer, it's okay to go and pray with them or for them, okay? I'm just waiting for all the oil to get around. Probably needed two bottles (laughs) or three, but that's okay. We've got time. We're getting to... So, Lily, you're not well. Or you just, you're just being a loving father. I think, oh, look, he's praying for his daughter. That's lovely. I <laughs> thought we've poisoned her with pizza. <laughs> we had a great youth night um, on Friday, and uh, we pumped out about 20, 21 pizzas in total yeah, out of two barbecues. and like It was a busy night. Lots of food, lots of flour, lots of fun. need some oil for Alan and then Faith. Awesome. Oh, and Jenny. Jenny's at home and she's uh, unwell, recovering from her her operation. Um, Also, we need to keep in our prayers uh, Sally, Bedgood, and family. Uh, Her dad passed away yesterday at 4.45. Um, So they need peace at the moment. It's been a long journey. One that they have been expecting that seems prolonged. So there is some uh, peace in his passing, which is a good thing. He's going home to heaven to be with the Father, yeah? I was on the phone with Sally yesterday and um, she was... You could tell she'd been running around. This is before her dad had passed. And I just said, oh, Sally, I said, what's wrong? You sound like you've been running around. She goes... I've just got home, I've just got home and my sister's run and apparently my dad's breathing has changed so I've got to go back. So there was a moment of frustration but I love the way that our father works that even though she was there, everything was okay, she got a call and she managed to get back to the hospital and be there you know, when he passed uh, and I think for most of us who have had parents that have passed away. You know. There's always a benefit when we're able to be there with them during that time. So, okay, let's pray. So, start praying for the people that are next to you. I'm going to pray for those that aren't here. uh, And let's believe for a healing. So, Father, Lord, we bring Lockie before you right now. And, Lord, we know that he's admonished. We know that he's laying prostrate, God. We know that he's trusting in you. We know that he has peace. But, Father, we pray and speak over his body. And, Father, we believe that his kidneys will start to function correctly, God. They won't fail. God, but they'll be made brand new. Father, we believe that his blood pressure will come down to where it's supposed to be, to where it's normal, Father. We pray, Lord, for wisdom for the doctors, Lord, that they would discover what, what it is that's just set this thing off. But, Father, more so, we're believing for an entire restoration and and. And a healing and a wholeness in his body that his parents may give glory to you. We thank you for the peace that's on their lives. We think of Marion too, Father. We think of the test that they need to run tomorrow at the doctors. And Father, we just pray again for wisdom, Lord, and for understanding and for healing upon her body and her heart that all things would be well. Lord, we think of grace, God. Laid out in bed, Father, again, we just pray that your healing hand would touch her, Father, that she would feel your warmth, your presence, your embrace, that even now, Lord, as she lifts her head, she would know that you're with her. Father, for those that are unwell in the house with backs and colds and flus and, Lord, all sorts of things, Lord, Father, with disease and, and, and just stuff that goes on in our minds, Father, we just pray, God, for your hand to be upon those people. Yes, we lay hands and we believe for that healing. We step out in that authority. But, Father, we anoint, God, each and every person with oil. And it says the prayer, God, the faithful prayer, God, would see these people healed. So we're going to believe for that healing as a community. For those in our house and those outside of our house, Father, that your name would be made great. So we bring all, each and every one of these people before you. Father, give us a gift of faith to believe, Lord, for the impossible, that we may see those miracles come to pass. We just thank you for the opportunity to be able to walk in faith and by faith. And all these people said, Amen. (laughs) For those that got prayer here, if you're still not feeling 100%, we want to pray again a little bit later, yeah? Let's just keep praying, keep believing, keep praying and keep believing. Just because we don't see the healing the first time, the second time or the tenth time doesn't mean that God's not a healer. Our theology doesn't change. We keep believing and we keep praying. Amen? So, open sesame whenever you're ready. I got so caught up with the kids. <laughs> Normally I've got this thing ready to go, but I was like, you know, when the world break, break, shake, shake, and it was all happening... Now last week um, for those that were here I spoke about God's desire is his best for us and um, we looked at the scripture in Psalm 23 where he anoints our head with oil and for those that weren't here grab the message not just for the fact that I think it's a good message but because there's some, you know, there's some funny bits in there when you, you work out what the anointing oil is for <laughs> uh, and how the enemy works and gets into our minds you know. But we looked at that last week and we looked at we need to live in a fresh anointing every day because we can't live on yesterday's anointing. Yesterday's anointing actually runs out. It actually runs out. And in the context of that scripture last week, the anointing upon the sheep to keep all the nasties out runs out and the shepherds would have to re, you know, redo, remassage, reapply that, that anointing oil. So the anointing that we receive yesterday actually runs out. And if you're living on yesterday's anointing, you're yesterday's man and yesterday's woman, and God wants us to be today's man and today's woman, which means we need a fresh anointing each and every day, amen? So that's what we looked at last week. See, God's best for us is he desires us to live in that anointing every day, a fresh anointing where we experience more peace, more love, more joy, all of that stuff, because there's always more in God. You know, there's always more in God. I want to suggest today that the... The level of expectation, the bar of expectation with us, God's children, you, you know, you and me, has been lowered, I believe. You know, it's lowered in regards to healing. You know, we, pr- we can pray. And maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me being vulnerable. Sometimes we pray and we believe that they can be healed, but we really don't expect to see anything just yet, you know. And so we fight with that thought within ourselves because of our expectations have been lowered. You know, it's, they've been lowered in, rela- in, in relation to our finances, lowered you know, in and around our relationships. They, we don't have great expectations, whereas God wants us to live in his best. And, and I think that there's a fear that for some of us that someone might be disappointed. You know, someone might even go away condemned if our prayers fail or if we start to talk about and dream the unimaginable. I think the Christian church in the Western world has has learnt and actually has been taught to a degree to settle for less to avoid disappointment, you know. That's why I was was disappointed that Grace was sick. Not because she was sick. I'm unhappy that she's sick. We're praying for her and believing that she's going to be healed. But I was disappointed because when Grace paints she paints things that I could never imagine. And often she paints things that are unimaginable for those of us that aren't as creative as her. Because you sit there and you look at her paintings, you go, wow. And that's the space that you and I should live in. So when she paints, she actually brings something, creates something in the atmosphere to allow us to dream bigger and be bigger than what we normally are. So Father God, he desires his best for us always. And that includes today. Even on a miserable, cold, wet day where I don't have enough wood, split. And I've got to go out into the rain to split some because I just wasn't prepared enough. Even in that, God still wants his best for us today. So today, let's keep believing and praying for that fresh anointing. And and at the end of the, the sermon today, I want us to pray for people again for fresh anointing, that we would step into all that God has for us, his best for us. Now, I'm going to pray before I make the next comment. Father... Have your way today, Lord. I pray that you speak the words that, Lord, that that are inspired only by you, Father, that you would do something in the sermon today that would leave us challenged, changed, rearranged, that would have us walking towards you, Lord, that would have us living a life where we become more and more like your son, Jesus, from strength to strength and glory to glory. So have your way in this service today, we pray. And everyone in the house said, Amen. I want to suggest, and this is a sweeping generalization, okay? I want to suggest that most of us here are not quite living in God's best. God's desire is his best for us. And I'm just going to put it out there that I think to a degree, some of us aren't living there. And it's because we're willing to settle for less. See, and as long as we can live with less than God's best that's what we're going to live with. Does that make any sense yet? Right. So what I'm going to share today should be challenging. Should be. It was challenging for me. To, the words I'm going to speak today have had me sitting on the couch just pondering and at times in tears as, as I navigate this thing we call Christianity to see how we're living this life. Because God wants and desires his best for us today. We are his children. We do live in heavenly places, seated with him, citizens, yeah, ambassadors of God. But I think some of the words in scripture we're going to look at today can be and will be a little bit confronting because it's going to cause each and every one of us, you, to look within yourself, to be honest, transparent, vulnerable. And it's not and it never will be about making any of us feel guilty, yeah? But it is and will always be about living in and all that Daddy has planned and purposed for us. So it's about seeing through His eyes. And as Christians, the glass is never half empty. It's always half full. Yeah, It's never half empty. It's always half full. It, it, it's us seeing all we can be in Him. Yeah, Not focused on what we may not yet be. It's because the way that God sees us is the way that we have to see ourselves. And sometimes we grapple with that because we don't see ourselves the way the Word, the way God, the way the Spirit says He sees us and He values us. But we need to see ourselves as God does. And in doing that, we can call out and declare His desires for us into existence in our lives, yeah? It's our responsibility. Everything in our world is fallen, you know, because of sin. And the world naturally goes from good to bad. We're born, born, and then we start to die. You you plant a tree, and it starts to grow, but really as it's growing, it's growing to its death. (laughs) That's just the world that we live in because of sin. Things don't get better without effort. That's why it says in Matthew 7, 7 that we have to seek to find that we have to knock for the door to get opened, yeah? That we have to ask so that we can receive. It's our responsibility, it's our responsibility to raise our sights and focus on Him higher, regardless of the circumstance that we find ourselves in. See, God wants His best for us. So, that being said, let's go. Matthew 13, chapter 3. Matthew, chapter 13, verse 3. We're going to read to verse 9, and then we're going to jump to verse 18. And then he told them many things in parable saying the farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop. A hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Jump to verse eighteen. Verse eighteen reads: "Listen then to what the parable of the sower means." Did you? By the way, did you know this is the only parable that Jesus actually explains? Just put, put it out there. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. Verse 23 is where we're going to be playing today. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. This is not the parable of the talents, yeah? It's a completely different parable. So the parable of the talents is about how we use what He's given us. This parable, though, is how we respond to his desires for us. Yeah It's how we respond to his desires for us, and his desire for us is to have his best. A hundredfold. See, first we have the three examples of the not so good ground and the reasons that the seed didn't take. But then Jesus actually mentions the good soil. It's the good ground, the rich ground. The proper Greek translation is fertile ground. So I guess I'm praying and hoping that in this room alone that there's some fertile hearts and ground, yeah? Because it's talking about us, people. It's talking about us. And the emphasis here is not the sower, Only mentions the sower once. The sower comes, sows his seed. Mentions it so. The emphasis here is the actual ground. Yeah? And then Jesus says in verse 23 But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears. So I want to remind us at that point that God desires his best for us every day. Every day. Each and every one of us not just for the person on the left or the right, not just the person with the best education, not just with those that have got the most money in the bank or went to the best school or have got the most behaved kids or the best looking husband, none of that. It's for each and every one of us. So I want to suggest this. God's plan and purpose for us, his desire for us is his best and it's for his people, you and I, to produce 100 fold. To produce 100 fold, Yeah? That's his best for us is 100 fold. If you think about it, the, the parable itself even talks about some produce 30 fold and some produce 60. Even the two together only make 90. They don't even produce what God's desire is for us, which is 100 fold. Now we've got to understand this. The 30 fold and the 60 fold are still good. They are really good. They are really exceptionally good. See, Jesus was already blowing the minds of the farmers. He was already freaking them out when you think about it. Because if you're a farmer in Palestine, you would be stoked if you got a ten-fold crop. If you got a tenfold crop, man, you were blown away. You're ecstatic. That was a good harvest. If you got a 7.5-fold crop, that was pretty average. But Jesus doesn't even play with those numbers. He just comes straight out and freaks them out and says, hey, you're going to produce 30, 60, even 100 numbers that they could never even imagine. Thus, the reason I love it when Grace is here because she brings us to a place where we start to imagine the unimaginable. Yeah, We start to see it transform in front of us. Last week I said the anointing comes when we have open hearts and pure hearts and right relationships with God and with each other. And this particular parable that Jesus taught, the truth is the results of hearing the gospel always depend on the condition of the soil, not the skill of the sower. Yeah, It's the condition of the soil, the condition of our hearts, how we respond. It's not the skill of the sower. It's the character of the hearer. That's you and I that determines the effect of the word in us and on us, yeah? So let me say this. If you hear the gospel of Jesus and you turn your back and walk away, that doesn't say anything about the seed. That just says everything about the soil, yeah? And that's just a revelation of where our heart is. And you and I are the soil that he's talking about in this scripture. So he wants his best for us. If you take away any phrase this week, last week, next week, God desires his best for you completely. To produce 30, 60 and 100 fold. Our hearts, to do that, our hearts have to be fertile. They've got to be fertile because Papa wants us to be fruitful. He wants us to grow. Now, the reality is the 30 is not better than the 60. And the 60 is not better than the 30. And the 100s not better than the 60. They are all good. But the 100 just happens to be God's best. Yeah? So if we're living a life where we produce 30-fold in our life, that's good. Is God happy with it? He's stoked. But that's not his best for you. Yeah? You understand? It's a good thing to produce 30. It means we're growing more and more like him, becoming like him. Some of us, maybe we're living in a place where we produce 60-fold, and I'll talk about what that stuff might look like. That's 60 times more than what was there before. It means that we're 60 times better. It means that we're growing more and more, becoming more like him, but yet his best is still the 100-fold. And he's happy. He's happy with me. He's happy with you. He's happy with his sons and his daughters. I mean, he's stoked. He champions them. But he's best what he desires for us. I love the fact that this parable, you find it in in three of the Gospels. So let's have a look at Luke, because I think Luke shows us how to produce a good crop. Luke shows us how to live in what God has planned and purposed. Luke shows us how to live in the hundredfold. And just chapter 8, verse 15 of Luke, chapter 8, verse 15, it says, But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. So three things, those who hear, those who retain, those who persevere. So... To hear the words, the Greek word, I can't even pronounce it. it, It's like akousantis, something like that. But it means to hear the word, but it also means to listen. Yeah? It means to listen. So for you and I to produce a crop, any crop, let alone what God desires for us, means that we need to not just hear, but we need to listen. And the reason that some of us aren't living in the hundredfold is because we're not listening. And if we're not listening, we can't hear. Yeah? Then it says those who retain, retain the word. The Greek word is katakusin. It means hold fast. It means to bind. It means to restrain. It means to arrest, to take possession, to lay hold of, to seize upon and not let go. Now, I'm going to give you a picture of seizing upon. You ready? Now, I don't mean to laugh, but it's a little bit funny, but it'll give you a good picture. And I have to think of, thank a pastor friend of mine, Milton, for sharing the example. But I went straight to a kid's video. You ever been at the beach? And you're having chips. And some child decides you're going to throw one chip to a seagull. What do they do? They swarm. And then all of a sudden, they're everywhere. If you've ever watched Finding Nemo, yeah? There's a scene with these seagulls, this flock of seagulls. And the only word that they repeat is mine, 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 mine. So... When we retain the word, when we seize the word, man, this is such a bad analogy, but we're like seagulls that flock in onto that word to grab a hold of it. It's mine, it's mine, it's mine. You can't have it, it's mine. See, for us to produce a 30, 60, even a hundredfold God's best, we have to listen, we have to hear, but then we've got to retain it, we've got to grab hold of it. It's ours, it's mine, 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 mine. And if you have no picture of what that looks like, Finding Nemo, YouTube, Finding Nemo seagulls. It's the funniest scene. It's brilliant. And then it says persevere. And persevere is a Greek word and I won't even pronounce it, but it means behind. It means remaining behind, patient, enduring and steadfastness. It means that you're going to hang back means in class you're the last one to leave. If you're out and you're playing footy and you're at training, you're the last one to walk off the track because you're going to hang around until you get it. You're going to hang around, you're going to persevere until that skill is formed, until God has taught it, until it's yours. You've already grabbed it, you've heard it, and now you're saying, it's mine, God, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. And you're saying, I'm not leaving this place until I understand it, until I've got it down pat. And all of a sudden it produces a crop, 30, 60, or God's best for us, a hundredfold. The main reason we aren't living his best now is because some of us are willing to settle for less. Because the 30's good, and the 60's good, but it's not his best for us. And we're happy living there. But there's more in God all the time. 30fold is good, 60 is brilliant, but his desire for us is his best. And his best is to live in the hundredfold, and that is. Our responsibility, your responsibility. And the only thing stopping any of us living in that place is us. Is us. The only people, the only person that stopped themselves stepping out of the boat when Peter stepped out of the boat was the disciple himself. Peter stepped out, he took one or two steps. Man, if I saw one or two steps of someone walking on water, I reckon I'd be out there too, just jumping out. But they prevented themselves from stepping out. Yeah? It was their choice. To be a person that wants to produce and live in the hundredfold, that may mean a complete and utter surrendering to Father. I mean complete and utter surrendering. More than what you or I already have. Yeah? It's a place of unknown. So we can't ha- when we live in the hundredfold, God's best for us, we can't have all the answers. Yeah. We can't have all the answers. You can't know the end of the story, yeah? Because that wouldn't be living by faith, would it, yeah? yeah. To live in his anointing is to live in the hundredfold. Yeah. To live and produce a hundredfold is to live in and with his anointing. And to receive and live his anointing, we need open and pure hearts, fertile hearts, and right relationship with him and with each other. See, I'm not trying to make anyone feel guilty, let alone myself. But I do want to show us and to try to spur us all on into all he desires for us, you know. I had a moment just yesterday while pondering some of this stuff at home on the couch. And it was really late. It was... It was was late. It was late last night, actually. It was after the 21st. There you go. So I was on the couch, laying on the couch, and I was just, I had tears just running down my face. Because for me, I want to live in the hundredfold. But there was just a moment where I just thought, and I thought, man, I know God loves me. My life's good. What I'm producing is healthy. But I know there's more. And within myself, it's like, wow, I'm just not experiencing all that Papa has for me. And so there was a sadness but a motivation all at the same time because there was a reality that I'm not living at all. I'm not grabbing hold of all that he has for me. I'm not. And I don't know about any of you. If you are, praise God, I can't wait to see you walk on water. You know, there are just moments where life gets us. It just does. And Daddy desires his best for us. And we don't learn how to receive God's best overnight. It's a process. It's a decision that we make. And we start to walk towards it, yeah? You know, I don't want us to focus on what we're not yet. But we do need to focus on who we can be in Him and how He sees us. His desire for us. Because when we see that, we can claim it. We can decree it. You know, we can declare it to the world. We can grab it with two hands. We can speak life into it. You know, if I'm to be totally transparent and vulnerable, I mean, I'm not living in, in the hundredfold because I still have insecurities, you know? I get home every Sunday. Mel, how was that message? You know, how was that? I take the boys to indoor soccer. How do you reckon dad played? You know? Oh, you did all right. No, no, seriously. How do you reckon dad played? Oh, you did. Listen, dude, I'm better than you. How do you reckon dad played? You know, I, I have doubts, I carry doubts. There are there are doubts that just come from everyday life. I'm Italian. I can get angry. I'm not living in a hundredfold, am I? I have fears. Throw a huntsman in front of me, watch me run. You know, life can get the best of me if I'm to be totally honest. And when it does, I know one thing. I don't listen. And if I don't listen, I don't hear. And if I don't hear, I can't retain and make mine. And if I can't make it mine, I can't persevere in it so that I can produce a crop. Yeah? But maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me. I'm sure in this place, I could sit with some people and you can teach me. A whole lot about just living in the thirty, in the sixty, and in the hundredfold. But one thing I do know is I want to live in God's best. I, I want to live in the hundredfold. Yeah. You know, I'm thankful for the thirty. Praise God for that. The farmers are expecting ten. Thirty's a good re- good return. I'm thankful for the sixty. But hear me, church. I have left, and I'm on my way to one hundredfold. Yeah. yeah? I want his best for me, and I want his best for us yeah. as a church. You know, God has far more for all of us than we're experiencing, you know, and we'll never live in God's best until we become completely dissatisfied with second best, yeah? My, my kids, I don't know where they picked it up from, certainly I'm t- not me. This one's not me. But Samuel, Samuel and Nathan will often say, oh, you came second, Oh, that's awesome, runner-up, you're the first loser. (laughs) You know? Like, in in indoor soccer, I have four runner-up medals. Four! Four! I've played in four finals, and I haven't won one. And then they come up with that. That's awesome, Dad, runner-up, you're the first loser. You and I cannot live in God's best until we become completely dissatisfied... With second best. And you know what's hard about becoming dissatisfied with second best? Is that 30 is good and 60 is good. They're not bad things. They're producing a crop. They're producing a return. A healthy return with what God's given us. But there's more. And for those that are wondering, it's not about striving. Living in daddy's best is all about receiving what he's already done. It's about getting God. It's not about getting God to do something else. We don't need God to move again. We just need to believe what he's already done and learn how to live in it. It's about us stepping out in absolute surrender. You're going to love this scripture. Ezekiel chapter 47. You've got to throw a little bit of the Old Testament every once in a while. See, God's the same yesterday, today and forever, yeah? But verse 1 to 5 in Ezekiel 47 the man brought me back to the entrance to the temple. I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east and the water was trickling from the south side. Verse 3. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and led me through the water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I couldn't cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in. A river that no one could cross. You know that water? That's God. That's a Holy Spirit, yeah? And each level is a level of faith that God calls us to walk in, Yeah? Each level is a level of faith. He calls us to walk in. He calls us out into the water. See, God's desire for us is to walk in a water that we can't cross on our own. That's too deep. We can't do it without His help. See, that's the place of total surrender. That's the place of total submission. When you get to this deep water, you've now gone past your ability. It can't be done on your own. This is the hundredfold. This is God's very best for us to be in a place where we completely trust him. All of us, all of our life, every part of us, regardless of what we're going through and where we find ourselves. Ezekiel, he can't even touch the bottom. He's got to swim. He's got to trust God. This is a place God wants us to be. This is a place where we totally lean and depend on him. See, the 30 is good and the 60 is good, but the 100, we're completely leaning on Him. The 100, we completely trust God. The 100, no matter what skill or talent you might have, now it's entirely up to Him and how you respond to Him. You don't go until He tells you to go. There's a brilliant quote by Gary Morgan on Facebook this week. And he said, God always gives His best, To those who leave the choice with Him. Yeah? God always gives His best to those who leave the choice with Him. So when we get to this type of commitment in Him, we don't make a move unless God says so. We're totally dependent. Now we can produce in that place a hundredfold as we journey towards it. Yeah? This is where we discover and receive God's best for us. You know, you can walk in up to your ankles, but. Even if you go to Williamstown or Altona Beach, where there's all seaweed, not even clear water like St. Kilda or Brighton or even further out, you can still see the bottom. Yeah, And when we're talking a river, we're not just talking sand, we're talking rocks and stuff. When we walk up to our ankles, we're walking with God. It's a level of faith, but we can see where we're going. We can determine where we turn. Once it's up to our knees, now it starts to get a bit more difficult. There are some parts where the water's and some parts where it's not. So we have to trust him a little bit. When it's up to our waist, we can't see the bottom. We have no idea if it's a jagged rock, shark rock, a shark, sharp rock, whether there's a fallen tree. We don't know. We can't see it. And if you're anything like me, out, we used to go swimming at Williamstown Beach as kids, and they had this, I don't know what they call it, this big rafty thing out in the just out in the water that they used to tie down with chains. Pontoon? Yeah, good, thank you, that'll do. A pontoon in the middle of the beach. Yeah, where the water, anyway, there. But I used to love swimming out there, but as I got older, because I couldn't see the bottom, I started to get frightened. How do I know there's not a shark circling underneath there? How do I know that as I'm going back to shore, I'm not about to lose a foot, a leg, or some of my more tender parts? How do I know? And so when we're walking in faith, there's moments when we don't know what life's going to throw at us. We don't have a clue. We can't see it. All of a sudden it grabs hold of our leg, but we've got to trust in the one that we're swimming in. Yeah. And then if we actually walk into the river where it's above our heads, where there's currents, we're totally reliant on God. It's no longer what we can see, what we can do, what we can control. We are leaning on him. That's his best for us. That's the the place that produces the hundredfold. I was reminded last night of an old song, and I'm sure no one here is even going to remember it. But who remembers, put your hand in the hand of the man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Who still the waters? Put your hand in the hand of the man who calmed the sea. Take a look at yourself. No, I won't do it. You know, but I just, I was reminded of that song. 30, 60, 100-fold, you and I are responsible. We determine where we'll live. We determine what we'll produce. And I want to show you what 100-fold looks like. Are you ready? Because this is where you're going to start to look inside of yourself and you may have a moment like I had a moment where there's just tears because you know you're producing 30, that's awesome, and 60, that's awesome, but you're still not living in God's best. 1 Corinthians 13, chapter, um, verse 4. Love is patient. Ever? Unpatient? Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. Have you ever been any of those? Or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses. Faith is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. That's what a hundredfold looks like. When we're Living that in every situation at work, at home, at school, with friends, with family, in shops, on the road, and people cut us off. This is a hundredfold. And wait, there's still more. The steak knives. Colossians 3 12. Colossians 3 12. Since God chose you to be holy people, He loves. That's us. You must clothe yourselves with tender hearted mercy. I love verse 16 and 17. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill our lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him through God, etc., etc. That's the hundredfold that's walking into a place that's over our heads where we're completely leaning and relying on Him. There's a place of great joy when we're there, but wow, the faith it takes to get past your ankles and get past your knees and get past your waist to the point where you're really and ready to be completely submerged in Him. Because the 30 is good. Going up to your ankles and your knees is good. It's faith. You're with the Holy Spirit. It's good. It's not a bad thing. So it's really hard to want to live in God's best when even what's not his best is still brilliant. But there's more. He has more. He wants more. God's desire is for you, and, for you and me, for us to live in his best. And only you know as you read those in your own time if you're living God's best for you now. Only you know if you're living it 30-fold or 60-fold. One thing I know is that this is God's best for us. And His desire is for us to live here in the hundredfold in the deep water. You know, I know this week the Lord has undone me in looking at this. Completely. Challenge me. You know. I shared with Mel, I shared with someone yesterday too. Was it two days ago? Doesn't matter. I think I spend time with the Lord, you know, and I pray and I talk and I, you know. And one morning I woke up and the night before I watched one of my favorite shows, Arrow. So somewhere in the third episode, I fell asleep. So 40 minutes an episode, no commercials. What's that? An hour 20, fell asleep halfway through. Hour 40 minutes, hour 45 even of Arrow. And then I fell asleep. When I woke up in the middle of the night, I couldn't sleep, so I picked up my phone I started to play Family Feud. Yeah. No. Which is awesome. It's a really good game. But an hour later, I decided that I should go to sleep. Yeah? I woke up in the morning and God, as clear as a bell, said, an hour 45, an hour, have you given me half? It completely undid me. Because if I desire and want to live in God's best, and he wants me to live in that place, then it's totally up to me. I'm the only one that can make a change. Yeah? I'm responsible for what I produce with what he gives me because he's already given us all. He's given us everything. And now he just says, live in it. Live in my best today. So I want us to pray. Why don't we just stand? I was thinking of an altar call, but I won't. Andrew, can I just have some keys? I'm just, I just want to pray for people. And I want to pray for me. <laughs> Because when we really sit with the Lord and allow Him to do a deep work in our hearts, yeah, He shows us. Exposes isn't the right word, but He just shows us the areas where we can be more like Him. He shows us the places that we're not yet fully surrendered or not yet fully submitted to Him. He shows us, He showed me where I was walking up to my ankles and knees, yeah, He may show you where you're walking up to your waist. But God's desire is for you to walk in water that's so deep that there's nothing left of you at all. all. And just total reliance upon Him. And in that place, that's where the anointing is. That's where the fresh anointing is. That's the place that removes all negative thoughts. Because when we're totally relying on Him, we're not focused on what's happening on the outside. We're focused on Him the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords, our Saviour, our Messiah, our King. So maybe if if you can, put your hand on someone next to you and let's pray because I know this, God's desire is his best for you. God's desire is his best for you. You may not feel like you warrant it, but his desire is best for you. Cyril, can I ask that you step forward and, and just on faith's shoulder? Is there anyone next to you, Warren? Yeah, that'd be great. If you're on your own, get next to someone. We minister to each other. Yeah? Our spirits testify within. That's why when you're with someone that's living it 60 fold, you come away so inspired in your spirit. Because there's something that's inside of them that your spirit wants. It's a journey that we journey together. Father, in this place right now, God, we desire 100 fold. God, we desire your very best. Lord, I pray that you would highlight and show us the areas Lord, where we're just walking in up to our knees and our ankles. Father, I pray that you would illuminate, God, the places that we're still holding on with control, where we're directing the path, where we're stepping forward in such carefulness that we're not trusting you anymore. Father, I pray that we would be a people, Lord, that start journeying towards the hundredfold. God, and though though the 30 is good and though the 60 is good, I pray that a divine dissatisfaction, Father, would so fill our hearts. And God, though we're content today, I pray tomorrow as we wake, there would be a dissatisfaction that we will no longer be content with where we're at, that we'll desire more. Lord, that we'll have a desire to open your word and to read, to spend time with you, to walk with you, to talk with you. God, to be with others, Father, that are, that are loving you, that we might grow and become more and more like your son, Jesus. Father, that your name would be made great, not because of the words that we speak, but because of the life that we live. Father, teach us how to live in the 100 fold. Teach us how to trust you to step out into such deep waters. Father, remove all fear, I pray. God, the thoughts in our minds, Lord, that prevent us, God, from going further. The thoughts in our minds that make us happy to live where we're at, Father. Lord, I pray that, Lord, your blood that was shed on the cross would wash us clean today. Lord, that our desires would truly be your desires. And Father, we know that your desires for a relationship with us and that your best for us is to live in your anointing. So Father, anoint each and every person today. God, from those that are at the back, those that are sitting at the front, those in the middle, God. Father, those that have not experienced or felt you for years, God, I pray a touch. Father, those that just received a touch or an encounter yesterday, I pray, God, that as they lay their hands on someone, there would be a transfer of your spirit. Father, that there would be a quickening in our soul. Lord, that we would be a people set apart by you and for you. Lord, that we would listen, God, and that we would hear, that we would retain and take captive and make prisoner that word for us. Lord, that we would persevere, Lord, with you and in you, God, that we would produce a crop that would make your name great. So, Father, we love you in this place.
1: Lord, we give you all the
0: glory, God. I want to seal it with the song, Be Lifted Up. Is that all right? Just let's sing this one song wherever you are. Almost like a wax seal over that prayer for your life. Be lifted
1: up. Be lifted up. I sing praises I sing praises to your name Praises to your name The name that so much Life, your name is life, your name is hope inside me, hope inside me, your name is love, a love that always finds me. your name is life. Your name is life. Your name is hope inside. Hope inside. Your name is love. Your name is love. A love that higher higher and higher and higher we lift you up be lifted up
0: you. We thank you for your Son, Jesus. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. And Father, this day, we declare, Lord, and we decree your goodness and your best over our lives. Father, we claim that as we walk through these doors, we are journeying toward a hundredfold. Father, we pray and believe that as we walk into deeper waters, God, that you will be there. Father, give us the faith that we need to swim in deep, deep waters to put complete and utter trust in you. Father, we thank you. Bless every prayer that's been prayed, God, every heart that's sung, Father, every individual that's cried out to you today to live in the more, Father, to move towards the 30, the 60 and the 100. Father, Lord, receive every prayer. Lord, that your name would be glorified and made great. Lord, in this house, God, in this community, at Mount Clear Church, Father, we give you all the glory and all the honour, Father. Church, have a great week. Have a great day. Stay in worship or have a coffee, but know that you're blessed in Jesus' name.